being hit, I was awakened. Holy Spirit, 3 o'clock in the morning. God loves 3 o'clock in the morning for some reason. He pulled me into the secret place. I took communion, began to worship in the Spirit, and he said these words, stay under the blood, stay in the Spirit, stay under the blood, stay in the Word, pray in the Spirit. Stay under the blood, stay in the Word, pray in the Spirit. Stay under the blood, stay in the Word, pray in the Spirit. I wrote it down. God gave me a message, five coverings to prepare us for COVID-19. And to tell us this is the beginning of the end, we're seeing a whole lot of shaking going on. Smoke clears, dust settles. You won't even recognize what God is doing in the church. You won't even recognize the church. A lot of things they call church won't exist anymore. The secret sensitive thing is coming down. But there is a blood-walked, fire-baptized remnant of believers that know his voice, that love his presence. And this river of life is one of those places. Get ready. For a move of God that's going to make us, shake us, take us, break us, wake us. And when the smoke clears, the dust settles, the devil's running, God's on the throne, Jesus is exalted, and the saints are marching in. Come on, give God a thunder salvation. Five coverings. Pastor preached it already. Big John sung about it. The first covering. Everybody say, the blood. I exalt, I accentuate. Calvary's bleeding lamb, our resurrected Savior, our exalted Lord, our soon coming King. We've been accused of preaching a bloody gospel. I proudly plead guilty to the charge. From Adam to Calvary, there is a river of blood of goats, bullocks, turtle doves, and pigeons and lambs. They tell us that some four billion gallons of blood was shed from Adam to Calvary. Think about that. Four gallons. They say that a billion lambs, four gallons in each lamb, four billion. And yet all it could do would be a temporary appeasement, barely suffice, because man would be back out in sin almost immediately. But at Calvary, the river of blood stops. And tonight in Texas, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners' blood beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. I want to shout out our power is not mystic power, cosmic power, psychic power, military power, monetary power, willpower, manpower, pucker power, shout amen somebody. But it's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody said we should be so full of power when a mosquito bites us, you fly away singing there's power in the blood. Shout amen somebody. <laughs> Woo, that's our first covering. Everybody say that's our first covering. Listen very careful because in the old economy, the blood covered sin. But now, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Shout amen, somebody. Amen. So the blood don't cover your sin. The blood takes away your sin, but the blood covers you. Shout amen. amen. And God's telling me to tell you, point number one, I'm not going to re-preach it. It's been preached very prolifically through the singing and through the ministry of Pastor Scott. We're right on touch. We're in correlation and tuning in touch with the message for this opening night. God's telling me to tell you these words. If you want the blood to cover you, make sure the blood has washed away your sin. Because if you take your sin and try to sneak under that covering, you'll be exposed to be expelled. God doesn't cover sin anymore. He takes away the sin. And it covers you. Our protection, our provision, our covering, our shield, our fortress. Ladies and gentlemen, our security is the blood of Jesus Christ. I stand up on the authoritative 
infallible word of God's word and declare for a decree that Jesus Christ lived, loved, labored, died, arose, ascended, shed his blood, shared his blood, and the blood that dripped from his veins 2,000 years ago is still as powerful tonight as it was then one rivulet of the ruby red blood of Jesus Christ can wash the sins of the whole world. Shout amen, somebody. God told me to tell you to know the power of needing the blood and pleading the blood and heeding the blood. But then God immediately said, there's another covering. Tell my people not only get under the blood, don't get the sin under there with you. Let him wash it away. I'm saying something because, you see, we have a tendency to think, well, you know, he'll just cover my sin. No, no, he covers you, but he washes away your sin. There comes a time, and I don't care what the cheap grace is telling you, we're not saved so we can sin. We're saved from our sin. From dope to hope, from a bottle to a Bible, from a tavern to a temple, from heartaches to hallelujahs, from the guttermost to the uttermost. He took me out of the mire, filled me with a fire, put me in the choir, and now it's joy unspeakable and full of glory, and the half has not yet been told. I'm living on the hallelujah side. There's victory ahead. Come on, give God a thunder salvation. The blood takes away my sin and covers me. Plead the blood of Jesus over your children. When I saw little Emberly, and I could hardly wait to get down here. I love that name. I've never heard that name before in my life, but I know how you got that name, the Embers. And I see the fire of the Holy Ghost on all of you tonight. This is a special place. God told me to tell you, plead the blood of Jesus over your children, your grandchildren. Before I left today, and my wife Debbie sends her regards, and John Wesley sends his regards, and, but we took communion, the power of partaking of the eternal emblems of his suffering. It was special tonight, Brother Scott. That was special. I've never seen it done just like that, but I'm telling you, I, I have learned the power. And there's something about communion that is so significant as we literally draw on the power and the love and the life and the victory and the freshness, freedom, fullness that comes through Calvary's bleeding lamb. Plead the blood of Jesus. I do it on my family every day. And I tell the devil, my kids weren't born to go to hell. My grandkids weren't born to go to hell. My great-grandkids weren't born to go to hell. If, God, if they can talk about a generational curse, how many knows whatever hit your family, when it hit you, it stopped because now you're a part of a new generation. There's a regenerational blessing. The blood covers and cleanses and conquers. Come on, shout amen, somebody. God told me also to tell you the power of the covering of the word of God. Now listen very carefully. It's in... It's in Psalms 91, that great, powerful, prolific chapter that talks about the protection, provision, and presence, and prosperity, and preservation, and prevention, and, and uh, it, it just talks about the glory of his covering. It says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. He is. And so when you begin to speak that word, things happen. The power of the word of God, the indomitable, impenetrable, eternal emblem of power and glory and anointing if it's powerful in God's mouth it's powerful in your mouth and so speak the word of God over your situation stop talking about what the devil is saying God told a friend of mine says please stop talking about the devil focus on me and tell people how good I am I want to stand upon the authoritative ability of God's word and say he's a good God he's faithful he's never had a casualty he's on the throne he is over all, above all, rich into all. He covers all and all. I'm telling you right now, he's able, willing, and ready to set you free. 
There's enough power in the word of God to put the devil on the run. Let's run him out of town tonight. In Jesus' name, the word of God is quick and powerful. And God said, tell my people to get under the word. And the way you do that is to speak it. As you speak the word of God, every day that I live, I've told you years ago, I quoted, I, I memorized a lot of scripture. And so every day I quote chapters. One chapter is Isaiah 35, sometimes three or four times a day. I quote it. And I claim the entirety of the blessings and provision of God. God said, tell my people not only the covering of the blood, the covering of the word, but the covering of the Holy Spirit. How many is thankful for the Holy Spirit? He's not come back for a social church, but a spiritual church. Born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Born up, filled with, led by, walk in. Born up, fill, say it with me. Born up, filled with, you're too slow. Born up, filled with, led by. <laughs> Woo, I'm telling you right now. Here's, I love Romans chapter 8. I quote that a lot. It begins with there's no condemnation. It ends with there's no separation. And the reason is some 20 times it talks about the spirit, the spirit of life, the spirit of love, the spirit of law, of Jesus Christ has set me free from the, from the law of sin and death. And so when you're filled with, led by, walk in, covered, saturated, there is a covering that is very, very, very powerful. Now listen very carefully. Because the Bible talks about the covering in Ephesians chapter 6. And it says, be strong in the power of his might. And talks about the entirety of that, of that mantle. You're covered from head to heel. And at the very end it says, and above all, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Every day that you live. Somebody said, do I need the Holy Ghost do I need to talk in tongues? Do I need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? You need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. Shout amen to somebody. I want you to think about that for a moment. Think about walking outside with a helmet of salvation. As wonderful as that is, there's nobody here that gets up and goes to work with just your hat on. Come on, shout amen to somebody. Now you wipe that picture out of your mind so I can keep preaching, okay? But I think of how many people are running around with just a hat on. Just naked and open and vulnerable. And God says, no, 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 there is a covering. I want you to be endued with power. That means fully clothed with power. Get under that quilt. Get under that heavy quilt. On a cold night, there's nothing like grandma's quilt to keep you warm. And the Holy Ghost of heaven. He's a ghost called holy. Amen. He will cover you. And there is a place of protection, provision, and when the enemy comes in like a flood, guess what? The Spirit of God lifts up a standard against him. God told me to tell you tonight, get under the blood, get under the word, and get under the Spirit and stay there. These are the last hours of the last days. Something's going on right now. 2018, Billy Graham went to heaven. 2019, Reinhard Bonnke went to heaven. 2020, Rabbi Zacharias went to heaven. It seemed like our generals, God's calling them home. There's something going on right now. Seems like the whole lot of shaking going on, and we don't understand it, and yet God is saying, I'm taking generals home. Things are changing. Get your eyes off, man. It's going to be all about my presence, my power, my glory, my spirit. But there's enough power and presence in the Holy Ghost to keep all of us. In this last hour, there'll be no heroes. There's only one. His name is Jesus. Would somebody get excited about who he is and what he does? Give him a hand of praise right now. 
These are the three coverings God told me to tell you to stay under. He told me a fourth covering, the covering of a local church, the covering of a pastor, the covering of the apostolic power and authority. And so when Pastor Scott asked me if I would come down here, my mantle has shifted. I still love to preach revival, and I still am a revivalist, but there is something about finding somebody like your pastors that have such a keen hunger for God that they're not going to give up, back up, let up, or shut up until Holy Ghost revival is set up, and they're caught up to be with Jesus. I'm down here because of my love for them and my love for you, and I see a pastoral covering here. He's not a part-time pastor, 24-7. Nine days a week, if you will, 433 days a year. He walks and talks and lives and breathes and thinks Holy Ghost revival. And he submits to us. I don't ask him to, but he wants to. He wants to walk in humility and integrity. I love that. Because you don't have authority unless you submit to authority. <clears throat> but when God connected us, we realized it was more than just <clears throat> two ships passing in the night. It was more than just Good preaching, good services, no, no, no. There's something bigger. These are the last hours, the last days. We've talked about it, sung about it, thought about it, preached about it, but we're here. The finish line is in view. COVID-19 is the beginning. I'm not a prophet of gloom and doom. I'm not even scared. I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to prepare you. Not to scare you, but to prepare you. If you're prepared, you don't need to be scared. If you're not prepared, you need to be scared. Amen. Because I'm telling you right now, there is a lot of stuff going on. And right now, the whole world is shaking and shuddering in sheer shock. But there is safety under the blood, in the Word, in the Spirit, and in a blood-bought, fire-baptized, Christ-centered, Christ-honored hotbed of Holy Ghost power with a pastoral covering that says, I will minister to you. I will carry the burden, marry the living, bury the dead, but the smoke clears, the dust settles. I'm going to stand in the gap and run the devil out of your head, out of your heart, out of your home. How many of God has gifted this body river of life with some great pastors and pastors God and Sandy? Don't we love and appreciate the anointing? I'm here because of them. Because I'm not looking for invitations right now. In fact, the online ministry has been so powerful in the past several days and now we're getting calls for Zoom, and I'm, I've flown all over the world. I've, I've, I've flown as much as I want to fly. In fact, my favorite scripture is when Jesus said, Hello, I'm with you. I don't even like to get up there anymore. <laughs> but he said, I want you down here. You're the father of the house. I want you to, and so I'm here. And I'm here for you. In a few moments, I'm going to lay hands on your head. There's nothing in this hand but blood, tissue, bone, and sinew. But because you're submitted to spiritual authority, and because he's submitted to spiritual authority, and because we're all submitted to a higher authority. How many knows who the higher authority is? <laughs> Nobody's walking their dog. Nobody's trying to run anything. Ladies and gentlemen, we are broken and we are melted in the presence of God. If God don't do it, it ain't going to get done. But he promised the biggest thing he's done is not behind us, it's in front of us. I stand and I shout it. Devil, back up your cart, get low this booger man. I've come from Branson, Missouri to announce this church's finest hour is not behind you. It's in front of us. Get ready for the biggest thing God's ever done, and we're moving into it tonight in Jesus. Come on, give God a thunder salvation. There is safety. I talked to John Kilpatrick this morning about where I'm coming. 
he has an appreciation, admiration for what you're doing here. Because you haven't given up. You're still holding on. I walk in, I see the same faces, a few new faces. But I hear you, and there's a deeper depth. I sense there's a sense of community. You know, one sign of real revival is a sense of community. You've had that all along, but now it's, it's like there's a family that God's bringing together. For those of you <clears throat> that feel like giving up, I don't think you're here. But I'm telling you right now, don't leave too soon. Don't walk away. Because right before the greatest thing God's ever done, you'll come under the greatest attack. And sometimes it seems like that it's not going to happen. But don't you give up. You hold on. Because I'm telling you right now, there's a season of suddenlies that's going to happen in, in rapid succession. And you've prayed about it. You've sought God. You've sowed in the fertile soil of Holy Ghost revival. Put your hand in the hand that's bigger than yours and get ready for the ride of your life. Amen. I'm telling you. It's a move of God because God gave me a promise when I left Pensacola. He said, you haven't seen it yet. It's in front of you. Position yourself. And recently, a few months ago, before COVID-19 hit, God thundered these words, it is time. Everybody say, it is time. God's timing is never wrong. And so I stand with expectation, anticipation. There's no doubt in my mind that the holy, heavy, healing hand of heaven is going to hit this place. Dallas, it's been prophesied God's coming to town. How many of those Dallas needs a visit from God? How many of those America needs a visit from God? I cry America back to God from the White House to the courthouse to the schoolhouse to the church house to the state house to your house. How many is ready for divine intervention in Jesus' name? Raise your hands and begin to praise him for 30 seconds. Come on, lift your voice and praise him for 20 more seconds. Come on, open your mouth and praise him out loud. Now, for a few moments, I've talked about four coverings already, and I could spend a lot of time on each one. But Pastor Scott's already talked about the power of the blood. Big John sung about it. We know the safety and protection there is indescribable. Peace of mind it brings is so awesome. You pillow your head at night. Somebody said, do you count sheep? No, I talked to the shepherd. Shout amen, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. We know the power of the word. You speak that word. Charges your battery. Builds your faith. And you think, my God, I think I can jump over that moon. Amen in Jesus' name. The power of biblical thinking. And then you pray in tongues. Everybody say pray in tongues. I don't know how people make it. Don't do that. Because that's about all I do anymore, Pastor. Just pray on the Holy Ghost. And I'm taking I feel that right now. I feel my battery is charged, such as I have give out thee in the name of Jesus. You're going to rise up and walk in a new dimension of power after tonight. Those are three coverings. The fourth covering, be submitted. Be submitted where a man of God preaches the word of God. Be submitted where the sights and sounds of Pentecost are evident. Be submitted. Where there's nothing, no funny business, no monkey business going on. No, no, there's integrity in this house. I just told you, this couple submitted to God. And I'm here because there's something in him. He's a student of revival. I ask him questions. I get fed before I even get here. Before I get to salt grass, I'm already fed. Amen. Because <laughs> he has studied. He's been to all the revivals. He ran around and 
Let everybody touch him. And when he comes to Branson, he's in now the prayer line all the time. He's right there in the middle of it. And Sandy, all I can say is she's done a good job raising him. Come on, shout amen. Sam. So I'm telling you right now, there's four coverings. Everybody say that's four coverings. But God gave me five coverings right before COVID-19. And the fifth covering is the covering, the prayer covering over your family. Now, this is the main one that I want to talk about tonight. Because as much as I can tell, those four coverings are so evident in this place. I come back to this house. It's deeper. The anointing is deeper. The presence of God is contagious. It's tangible. I've already received divine impartation. If I were to fly back before I said a word, after I've heard you sing, the worship, the communion, after the fellowship, and after Big John touched us with his ministry, my God, I remember watching the Bill Gaither t videos where he sings that song, How Big Is God? And I look at the people as they're literally electrified as he sings that song. Bill Gaither and all the people there are heroes. It's not just his voice that just is booming and he can still sing, but there's the touch of God. How many of those God's a great, big, wonderful God? Bigger than you think. Closer than you think. Can do more than you ask or think. So I'm blessed. If I'm looking for a hotbed of Holy Ghost power, I found it. John Kilpatrick said, you're going where? I'm going down to Dallas, River of Life, Garland, Texas. Pastor Scott, he said, well, he said, are they having church? Yeah, they're having church. Everybody else is shut down, quarantined. You guys have been sneaking around in the Holy Ghost, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I love it. My God, you don't need to ask permission. God told you to do it. How many, let's just do it. When he asked me, I, you know, I, I booked this a year ago, but I thought I'd be in the rapture by now. Come on, say amen, somebody. <laughs> kind of snuck up on me. I've been doing online ministry, and I've been, uh, I've been real busy. The quarantine, our family is just 24-7, the presence. We don't have any sad stories. Because there's something going on right now. Rick Joyner calls it the crazy revival. It's in the house. It's in the home. They couldn't get out in the buildings. Some say the devil overplayed his hand when he said, I'm going to shut the church down. A lot of people feel like there's been an overreaction to this thing. It's like, you know, you don't need to drive because we can prove to you that several thousand people a year die from driving. So stay at home and don't drive your car. Or the flu or whatever. And so in the midst of it all, everybody's trying to be compliant because we do believe that, you know, God put the leaders in the office and yet, there are those of us that are still seeking God, saying, Lord, what are you saying? You guys are ahead of the game. You're not rebels. The only thing, you're rebelling against the devil. You're rebelling against the powers of darkness. But you're having church, and it tells. I can feel it. But what about your house? Because, you see, the message God gave me about the home covering, I don't know where you're at there. But I do know this. A lot of what God has been doing with me and my wife and my family has been in our house. It's one thing to come to God's house. What about your house? John Kilpatrick got a revelation. He said the people were touched by the glory in the house of God. And when they walked in their house, it seemed like it all lifted and left. And it bothered him. And God gave him a message, glory on your house. 
He said, I noticed that people would walk into an atmosphere in their home and they would begin to criticize or they would begin more lenient and maybe the television and the prince and powers of the air would begin to vomit in the atmosphere and then they send the kids over to play all their, all their games and internet's a big thing. Somebody said the other day, you know, my internet went down. I spent the evening with my family. They seem like good people. Come on, shout amen somebody. <laughs> what about our family? It was David that said in Psalms 101, I will walk in my house <clears throat> with a perfect heart. It was Joshua said that as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. It was a champion apostle that said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thine and thine house shall be saved. I complained one day, God, I've been in Branson 15 years. I don't have a building. God said, my son never had a building. But he went everywhere he went. He was building people. Now stay with me because God's going to give you a building. And we're getting close to it. And he's going to give us a building. But you know, we are the house of God. How I many knows that? And there's something about this house revival going on. I don't know how many is repenting. But I do know this, the fear, the panic. The panic is satanic. And the frantic panic begin to grab a hold of the nation. And I found that our ministry was taken off online as people were calling and people were texting and people were, I don't know a thing about the computer, but my grandkids are trying to teach me. I still don't know anything. But they know everything. I just tell them if it, if it gigabytes, it megahertz. Come on, say me. <laughs> and they still laugh at that. But this internet revival, this thing that's going on, for the first time this past Easter, they say that the word of God, there was more word of God preached on the internet across the nation and around the world than there was pornography and all the negative stuff that the devil has tried to bring into it. I'm going to tell you right now, God is going to defeat the prince and the power of the air and the church is rising up in Jesus' name to put the devil on the run. Come on, give God a thunder salvation. The crazy revival. You see, this thing begin with a home. Adam and Eve. The first marriage performed in the Garden of Eden. The woman wasn't taken from man's head to rule or domineer him. Nor was she taken from his feet to be walked upon. Through divine design from under his heart. That the man would nourish, cherish, protect, provide for her. From his side that the two would walk side by side together. And God blessed that union. And gave a command, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And he said, I want you to have dominion. <clears throat> the devil came to destroy that first honeymoon. Destroyed by the three-letter word with the hiss of the serpent, the sting of death. But God never gave up on the home. He looked down and saved Noah and his family. As a result, a new beginning. Begin again. Eight. The family. Everybody say the family. And then the night of the Passover Paschal Lamb, when the death angel is flying through Egyptian air, and the wailing and the, and the awful atrocities of the firstborn being killed, but there was a land called Goshen. And God said, you gather your family in the house. Everybody say the house. You put the blood over that house. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And from Passover to Pentecost, 
God is saying, I want to save the home. I want to save the family. He loves the family. He loves the home. He performed the first miracle at a wedding, king of Galilee. I think God performed the first wedding in the Garden of Eden. Jesus performed a miracle, the wedding king of Galilee. Begin with a wedding, going to end with a wedding. It's human history. The champion apostle through the power of the Holy Spirit says, marriage is honorable and all, the bed undefiled. Homeowners and adulterers, God will judge. Jesus started out in a temple, but they rent him out. And so he goes from house to house, hillside, mountainside, lakeside, riverside, inside, outside, the garden. He goes out to the marketplace, Simon's mother-in-law's house. Mary Martha's house. The upper room in a house. Go there. I prepared an upper room, a house. And then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The upper room. Small place. Thousands couldn't get there. It spilled out into the courtyard. But there's something about your house. God wants you to have glory on your house. Now, look at me and listen to me. I could shout with you all night. I feel good because I feel God. But in the midst of everything going on right now, God said to tell my people, I want the covering to come from this house to their house. I want them to be kind to each other at home. David said, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I think of the television on 24-7 almost without exception. I think the children being sent different places and they've got all the equipment and yet it was hell that hit the home and John Kilpatrick noticed it and God gave him a message, glory on your house and he told them, it's time to rebuild the family altar. How many believes the family altar alters the family? Now I was raised, wasn't born to go to hell, born to go to heaven, given to God by godly parents. They never sent me to school to learn about God. They never sent me to church to learn about God. I don't minimize church. I'm just telling you right now, the church is not a building, it's a body. And God's telling me to tell you, husband, take the lead. Bring that family together. Now, we've been doing this a lot now in this quarantine. I don't know exactly all that's going on. But I know that the Google has said that the word prayer has been Google more than any other word. So maybe prayer is coming back to the home. It was in our home. My mom and dad, it was in the home that we learned about the things of God. God never meant for the school to train your kids. I'm going to tell you right now. He said it begins at home, in the family. So pastor can preach his heart out, do his very best. But if you don't have that atmosphere in your house, you'll lose what you get here before you get home. I remember God convicting me. Now, judgment day honesty is good. It's good for the soul, but can run a reputation. How many know what I'm saying? But I remember God convicted me about my relationship with my wife. It was on the floor in Florida as I laid there. I heard a three-year-old girl weeping, five-year-old girl weeping. Now, hundreds were on the floor. The glory cloud was heavy, but I heard that distinct sound. It sounded familiar, but I didn't know who the little girl was. God said, that's your wife. I'm healing her of hurts. 
that goes back to her childhood. I'm healing her because you haven't helped her. You've hurt her. You've tried to make her a pastor's wife. You've tried to make her a district official's wife. I was serving as over 400 churches as youth director in the state of Missouri, 10,000 teenagers. You've tried to, in fact, son, you've verbally abused her. Now you leave her alone. She's not yours. She's mine. You don't know, but I'm healing her of hurts that she got in church. How many knows religion's cruel? No hurt like church hurt. Religion will destroy. The finest thing the devil ever invented is religion. Sin that sends more souls to a devil's hell is the sin of religion. Hanging around the cross, but not on the cross. As I lay on the floor, God began to heal my wife. He began to deal with me about not just preaching it, and not just talking it, but walking it. And I remember as God gutted me and took junk out of me. We don't call it verbal abuse, but I'm honest, God wants kindness in our home. He wants tenderness in our home. He said, this is my child. Don't mistreat her no more. God changed my wife's life on a floor in Florida. They wheel her out in a wheelchair. I don't know all the hurt that was taken care of and healed, but I know, I know at Denny's at midnight with Sister Kilpatrick, and at the beginning of the revival, my wife just starts laughing. And I try to tell her, we're at Denny's. We're not in the church anymore, hon. You just keep it down. Sister Kilpatrick said, Preacher, you need some more carpet time. How many knows I did? <laughs> my wife wasn't paying attention to me. She met a real man that night. A man called Jesus that changed her life. And I remember as God began to gut me and deal with me about my house, being a man of God in my house. Evangelist sitting with the pastor said, is that man saved? He said, I don't know. Ask his wife. Come on, shout amen somebody. Because we can put on our church face Dressed up on the outside, messed up on the inside. John Kilpatrick said before they got in their living room, they were at each other. And everything God did for them in that atmosphere of glory was undone because their house wasn't sanctified. Now, I don't mind you getting real quiet because I preached to you when you were shouting, and I like it too. But you know what? When you get, I used to think when people swinging from the chandelier and blowing smoke and spitting fire, and, that they was really with me. But now I know they get with me when they get real quiet. <laughs> Has she been talking to you? Has he been talking to you? No, no, no. Oh, God has been talking to me. Because he gave me a message on five coverings, and the last covering was the prayer covering over your home. Then all of a sudden, the plug is pulled, COVID-19 hits, everything changes, people can't go to the house of God. Now think about the concept we have. This is God's house. Every Sunday we come and meet God in his house. Then we lock him in his house. I'll see you next week, God. And then we come back next Sunday and, lock and meet him again. And I see all the big edifices that aren't even used. But God says, I'm taking you back to your home. 
get your house in order. Shout amen, somebody. The message for this message, set your house in order. That means the presence of glory in this house wants to be transferred to your home. Husbands and wives. Now, here's what happened with us. Stephen and Brianna, it, it so impacted our lives that me and my wife became so kind to each other in our house. I mean, the glory came to our house, Pastor. I looked one day and I bumped. I said, excuse me. She said, excuse me. And I stopped. Well, who is this? I mean, it, there was a move. Get out of my way. <clears throat> we were so kind to each other. Heard the story about the man driving down the road. Him and his wife hadn't talked in a while. You could cut the, it was deafening. The sinus was deafening. He looked at her. She's sitting over there. He looked out and saw some donkeys in the fields. Is some of your people? She said, yeah, by marriage. Come on, shout amen. <laughs> well, you may as well laugh because what is it that jumps on you at the house? We don't do that here. The man said to his wife, how did God make you so beautiful and yet so dumb? Well, I guess God made me beautiful so you'd love me and dumb so I'd love you. How many can identify with that? I don't want you to get too serious on me right now, but I'm telling you, what happened to me and my wife, we became carriers back to our house. Television was shut off, worship music playing, looked one day, and our dogs were just laying there like they slain the spirit. <laughs> well, uh, pastors, he, he, he helps me with revival history, but they say in... What well, revival was it? When the miners, they were so mean that they got saved, they had to retrain the, the animals because the animals were used to the cussing and the, and the abuse. But now the, everybody was so happy and so kind. It'll change. Your dog will know it if you get real revival. Come on, shy. How many of your cat will know it if you get it? How many of your kids will know it? I said your children will know it. Now... Now, I could laugh all night at these stories, but I want to cry the rest of the night. Because my tender wife, I tell people I've given the best years of my wife to the ministry. And the older we get, and now the only thing that means anything to me is to love on her and my son and my grandchildren. Maybe when I reach 65, something happened. I don't know just exactly when it happened, but now, it's not preaching big revivals and big meetings and climbing trees and shouting. It's not. No, no, no. Brother Kilpatrick's asked me so many times to preach for him down in, in his church. I've turned him down so many times until finally he said, John, I've asked you several times to preach for me. And I realized I'd hurt his feeling. And I said, and he, I call him out and he's my friend. He's like a brother. I said, listen, I'm honored you would want me to preach for you. But I really don't have the preacher's itch like I used to. And, I, and if I come down there, I want to hear you preach. I love your preaching. He said, well, I want to bless you. I know what that means. He wanted to give me a good offering. I said, well, eliminate the airfare. Just cut me a check right here. Amen. In Jesus' name. That's the way we talk. We're buddies. And he did. He's been sown into my life. So I'm not into 
Now, I'm, I know this is my assignment. Even though we booked it a year ago, God knew COVID-19 was going to hit. God knew things were going to be shut down. But I'm going to tell you right now, heaven hadn't been canceled. Holy Ghost revival has not been canceled. The resurrection has not been canceled. The power of God has not been canceled. The word of God has not been canceled. How many know Jesus Christ is still alive on the throne? He saw it coming. And greater is he that's in you than he that is after you. Raise your hands and praise him. Come on, lift your voice and praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, you know, I could say a lot. I could quote chapters. I could quote scriptures. But the devil knows that strong homes make strong churches. And strong churches make a strong city. And strong cities make a strong nation. Could it be that God is coming back to your house and saying, set your house in order? That's the message you gave me. And I called John Kilpatrick this morning to just hear the story again about how leprosy in your house and glory on your house. and Get the sin out. Get the junk out. I said, tell me how God... He said, it's a prayer covering, John. He said, the priest of the home. Pastor Scott can't be there all the time. Bitter Graham's going to heaven. Ronald Bonke's in heaven. Rabbi Zacharias in heaven. I don't feel too good myself. Come on, shout amen to somebody. We're also just a few steps behind, but I don't care who leaves this world. How many knows the Holy Ghost is still here? And just maybe, just maybe, God is saying, stop looking to the pastor, blaming the pastor. You stand up. Be a man, not a mouse. Build a home, not a house. Love your wife. Love your children. Be an example. Pray. Everybody say pray. There's something. Somebody said, I'm trying to get prayer back in the school. I'm trying to get back in the church and back in the house. That's where it needs to begin. School lied to us. They told us, give us your kids for eight hours a day. And we'll change them, and they did. The schools became the killing fields. Suicide rate soars. You know the old story, 1940s, greatest problem in schools, getting out of line, paper wads, chewing gum, kick God out. Now, rape, arson, robbery, suicide, bombings, school shootings. Somebody say, God have mercy. Maybe he's coming back to the home. What he did recently. And people within our homes. Now I know a little bit about this because I'm part of that house revival. Did you know the book of Acts? I say 2020. That's where we're at. Acts 2020. And I held nothing back from you that was profitable. But I taught you and showed you from house to house. Everybody say from house to house. For every one time, it talks about a temple or a tabernacle. There's three times it talks about a house, 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 and daily, from house to house, from house to house. Jesus, what is it about the home that God's accentuating right now? Stay with me. I'm just about through, but he's not. This message will preach in your mind tonight. Because, you see, 
prayer covering over your house begins with a prayer of repentance. Everybody say repent. Repent. Put on the television to be the domineering, dominating factor. Repent for unkindness, unkind words. Repent for lack of communion. Communion was something we used to do ever so often in the church. You guys do it all the time. We do it almost two or three times a week in our house. Everybody say the bread of his presence. And now the warfare became so intense. Don't miss tomorrow night. It's going to be very special because God showed up in my house and gave me a word for you tomorrow night. But I never will forget the warfare became so intense before the breakthrough. God said, take communion with your wife. God said, plead the blood of Jesus over each other. Speak the word over each other. Pray in tongues together. Are you listening to me? And then he said, have scripture play in 24-7. So you walk into our house, you hear, thus saith the Lord, going 24-7. If Jesus said it is written three times and demons left us screaming, what would happen if the word of God was going forth 24-7 in your house? You've heard the national news, the local news. It's all bad news. The world news is bad news. Dow Jones is down. I don't know who that guy is, but he's down about every day. And I get down listening to them. But I'm telling you right now, how many wants to hear some good news? As cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's on the throne, and the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. And then God said, have worship music playing 24-7. Every home a sanctuary. I'm through. God's not. God gave me a word. He's going to give you a building because this church is ready to move into your own building, and I believe that. And you've paid a price, and you've been faithful. And your pastors have cultivated, irrigated. You may think they've irritated, but they've stayed faithful. They've kept the worship going, and they just keep preaching and teaching and preaching and teaching, and so here we are. There is a healthy body here right now. And God's going to give you a building. And when you move in that building, there's going to be rapid growth. There's going to be people coming. And they're going to be drawn. Secret sensitive churches are going to fold. Because when hell hits, there's no covering there. I said there's no covering there. It's a flimsy thing of froth and frivolity. But you told me, show me a church that's preaching the word of God, that's been praying, seeking God. And God's going to say it's time. And they're going to come from north, south, east, and west. And you're going to have the building, and the building's going to be paid for in Jesus' name. God's able to pay for the building. But the message that God told me to tell you is get your house in order. Because you are the building of God. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to whisper the name of Jesus.